0: This is episode 29 of the Chick-In-Charge podcast with CEO of All-In-One Security, Mary Parker. Today's guests are Kimmery and Edward Rosenfeld. Real estate sales team and real-life husband and wife, Edward and Kimmery Rosenfeld talk about buying the perfect house. From sales to staging to closing the sale, the Rosenfelds are a powerhouse real estate couple in Atlanta, Georgia for Berkshire Hathaway. Hear how they grow their business and keep that marital engine humming. Welcome to The Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO, Mary Parker, celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chicken charge. Here now is Mary Parker good morning i'm mary parker ceo of all in one security and your host of the chick in charge podcast you know i'm always very very excited and when i have these exceptional guests it just makes me even more exciting and although you don't he won't hear from my uh, co-host today miss sarah smith solutions road she's here and thank you for it for being here as well now before we get into the introduction of our guests, there's one thing that I want you guys to know that we have we've got a gift for you today and we're recording Facebook live so if you'll give us a wave or send us a note we will forward your personally autographed uh, copy of my book the chicken charge so we need your participation and we also encourage you to share the message and make sure others also know that we're on live today with facebook on facebook live today our next guest is a husband and wife team we have with us edward and Kimberly rosenfeld yes uh, So we, and we're going to just dive right in with them they are going to talk to us about real estate and you know how all of that takes place if you have questions, please send those in and we will get the answers back to you. So let's go, Kimberly. Okay. Just
1: begin to tell us. Uh, where would you like me to start? How did you get into real estate? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a longer story. Uh, I am an artist and a graphic, was a graphic designer for 30 years. I was the nine-year-old that... Um, grew up drawing houses and having architectural digest when I was in the single digits. I went into graphic design as a field for 30 years and I have always loved in town and have always loved neighborhoods and history and whenever my mother, who has been a realtor for over 18 years, uh, would have a client. She would get me to meet with them if when they she were was in, town. in town. She's when up they, in East Cobb. She's up in yeah. She's up in the suburbs. So I had gotten to a point where I wanted a career change, and she's like, "Go get your license."
0: Ah, oh, so we're talking about recreating and rebranding yourself. Now. Oh Yes.
1: Um, she's like, "Go go get your license," and I was very hesitant at first, but uh, I've had it for five years now. I was under her in her on her team for four and a half years and um, love it. It has been, and it's, it's actually not as much as a career change as a lot of people would think. Um, it, it uses a lot of my talents that I had as a graphic designer and how I worked with clients and jobs. So it actually came at a much easier pace than you would think somebody switching fields like that so um that's kind of how i got into it it was working with them for years doing their marking material them finally getting to come up me to come over and um using my love of neighborhoods and houses and history and there's not i i know atlanta really well <laughs> wonderful wonderful
0: you know it sounds as though you grew up with uh, within the real estate industry, as my daughter would say, that she grew up in the security <laughs> industry. And uh, so transitioning from from nursing for her was not as difficult because, and to security, mm-hmm. was not as difficult because she'd been right there by side mm-hmm. during the whole time that I was, uh, my career was advancing. Uh, Edward, I'm going to ask this question of you. Were there any groin pains when you and um, uh, Kimmery first started? The real estate business?
2: Actually, there were fewer than I expected. When we started, I, I knew it was gonna go one of two ways. It was either gonna be very good or very not. <laughs> and fortunately it was it's been great. I mean we've we've you know we've been married for twenty two. Twenty two years.
1: years, been together twenty-six years.
2: <clears throat> so we know each other. We know each other's strengths, we know each other's weaknesses, and we got Love lucky. That. We have very different skill sets and they are complementary and non-overlapping so we naturally gravitated to our own swim lanes
1: and they also coordinate very much with what we did (coughs) in the past
0: wonderful so uh, in dealing with real estate are you buying and selling are you representing clients what type of real estate we're doing buy
2: and sell Uh, we do primarily uh, residential we have had a little bit of commercial as well so and we and you have represented all over metro atlanta Yeah, which is I've gone large, as
1: far up as cumming as as far down as sonoy and all the way over to the alabama line
0: well you know in the atlanta market we have we have a very short uh, inventory <laughs> yes, we do. of housing currently Yes, we do. and we also have a lot of properties that have been abandoned either due to taxes or mm-hmm. you know parents leaving to their children that did not maintain the legacy uh, so what what are some of the trends you're seeing in terms of development and uh, programs for homeowners and are there advantages in certain types of zip code areas, for example?
1: Well, there's always, I mean, it it is, this city has always been about location. And also, it's usually location first, school systems next. So, um, of course, in town, what you've seen is the belt line right which has been i mean i i know i've i've lived in town since 89. my parents i lived in the ponce highlands and my parents i had started as a graphic designer at turner and they said we will pay you not to live in that neighborhood <laughs> because it was dangerous oh, that neighborhood that neighborhood <laughs> which now has million dollar homes in it yes. Um, But I have always been really interested in the growth of how in town Atlanta has happened. The Beltline has been amazing. Um, I've seen parking lots turn into incredible um, uh, playgrounds and parks for in town and people walking more and you know yes there are sections of town that the houses have fallen and they need help. What you can do in that is, you know, talk to investors, um, and we're seeing a lot of investors coming in. The only problem I have with investors is they need to do it right. They need to work with the neighborhood communication, uh, community development, and they need to be part of the neighborhood. That you just don't want them to come in and- Buy the property,
0: leave, and whatever happens, happens.
1: Well, that's what happens, used to happen quite a bit is people were just just changed. Yeah, so people were looking for that quick buck. Now you're seeing people that really wanna come in and you know what, Summerhill is a really good example. They are coming in and the developers that are coming in want to do the right thing. They want to work with the Summerhill community. They want to work with, uh, Georgia State's been the best thing that's ever happened to, to Turner Field. Um, they're real, that is we're seeing areas develop in there that we have not seen in twenty years. When, when you mention uh, the investors working with the communities, mm-hmm.
0: talk a little bit more about that because as I do seminars, I'm often speaking to the business owners about diversifying their portfolios. Mm-hmm. I happen to believe that real estate is one of the greatest assets mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I can hold in my portfolio. What are your thoughts there, and what would be some advice you'd offer? in terms of working with investors or becoming an investor themselves
2: it's getting to know the neighborhoods especially in town there are a lot of the the integral neighborhood communities you know we've been in grand park for 20 some odd years involved in gpna and each neighborhood has their own uh analogs and it's when you're going to come in go to the meetings get to know the players get to know the interest it goes it makes things go much more smoothly you don't want to walk in, you know, as a carpet bagger and say, "I'm going to do this, bum, done, I'm out." Right, right, right.
1: And and you, when we are talking ourselves to, with investors and talking to uh, people that are, you know, looking to invest in real estate, we're we're really going to kind of um, fill them out on are they are they in here just to buy a piece of land and then sell it to whoever, mm-hmm. or are they really interested in working with the community. Uh, We had an investor not too long ago that specifically didn't want to buy some lots because where the road had been there at one time, it no longer was. And to put the road in, you would have had to take some big trees down. Understood. And it was neighbor's trees. And he's like, I really don't want to have to tell these neighbors that they have to take these big trees down and said, I'm going to pass on it. So that is somebody that's looking at the neighborhood and how he would impact it. And that's kind of the people you, you wanna work with.
2: Yeah, that's that's that, where the creativity comes in. Yeah. You have to get access to the lots and how's the way that we can work with the folks there without completely upending everything.
0: Okay, let's talk about a business person. Okay. And let's talk about that from the perspective of a female buyer. Which in many cases, that's where the decisions are Mm -hmm. made anyway with the female. What are some of the things you would advise women to look for as an investor first? And then uh, how would that differ if you were buying that as a residential property?
2: It's an interesting question, you say as a female, as in... An investment is an investment, whether it's a woman or a man. Now, this is, of course, the man answering, yes. so perhaps <laughs> I should just shut up. No, go yeah. ahead, because we're <laughs> going to counter your answer. My, my thinking is you look at it, at, if it's an investment, then you look at what is the growth potential? What are you trying to get? Is it a long-term investment, a buy and hold, or as in you're going to rent, or is it something looking as a flip? If it's a buy and a hold, then yes, I guess as a single woman, you're gonna to have to take into consideration, are you going to go down and collect rent and be more actively involved? That could be something that would, could be different for a man than a woman. If you're looking at a flip, I would imagine they would be very, very similar though, wouldn't they?
1: Well, not, well, in some sense, well, no, yes. No, you turn to her. Okay, <laughs> so we just had, we just dealt with an investor who had, uh, she was actually a um, realtor out in Colorado and she had bought a house for her son, who was in graduate school at Emory, and we were selling the house for her. It's an Edgewood great house, and it had been it had been definitely grad students living in it. So we came in, get it, got it painted, and one of the things I wanted her to do because the house was dark was to paint white cabinets in the kitchen. And she's like, "Okay, prove it to me." And this is where, where I, Edward definitely looks at all the numbers. I also look at the creative potential of a house. And I think that's what females would do a lot with um, flips or anything like that. They're walking through a house going, I could do this. I could do this. Because I have worked with some LA investors that were in the female um, production business entertainment business, but this specific, uh, seller, I was like, okay, I'll prove it to you. And I did a breakdown of all the houses that sold in Edgewood and Kirkwood stained cabinets versus white cabinets. Oh, sorry. (laughs) And, um, uh, there was a $25,000 difference. Oh, wow.
2: It's interesting because I I see there is a difference. I tend to be more analytical. I will run numbers. Kimry is intuitive, and I have learned to just defer to her. She knows. And this is one of the first times that you knew the right thing. Someone said, prove it. When you did the numbers, woof, did that prove it out? It
1: did prove it. And we did.
2: $3,000 to paint, $25,000 improvement.
1: The house sold in 15 hours. Oh, my gosh, that is incredible. 15 hours, full price.
0: Yeah, and just I, with that difference that you made. Well, well
2: there, there was a lot more, it was sold in 15 hours. There was, what, three weeks of three prep Three weeks to of there. prep. We, did, we brought in painting and landscaping and uh, staging and
1: so leveraging
2: Kimry's design career made it look great.
1: Always bring in professional photographers, always have profes- professional video. Um, there's a lot of upfront that you do. Um, sometimes females can recognize it more than males. Hmm, that's right. Um, <laughs> males will look at just the numbers where I am looking at, you know what? I want them to know this is a six or $700,000 house before they walk in the door. And that is the way it is presented. Well, that's
0: wonderful. And, and, and I like the fact that you guys know your own lane. You know yeah. what your strengths <laughs> are here. But were there any surprises when you came together to start this business?
2: I don't know that there really were. I mean, I have been watching her do this. We've been living together for a while while <laughs> she's been doing it. So I've seen how she operates. One, I wouldn't say a surprise is there was a bit of a relief in that the areas where she's good, I'm not so much, but the areas where I'm good, there's not her strength. So now that I have my license, you know, for the last five years, I would see her perhaps struggling a little more with the negotiation, which for me would be very easy. Without a license, I couldn't help. Understood. Now that I have it, I could step in and pick up. So I think, actually, you know, when you ask, was there a surprise? There was not a, a negative surprise, it was more of a pleasant surprise.
0: Well, you know, I love those type of <laughs> surprises. I really do.
1: I, and I, just to point out with that, um, I, where I can do negotiations, I'm actually very good at it. I, it just takes a lot out of me. So where he could step in and deal with that part of it. And I'm on the back, I'm on the backside, making sure everything's getting done that has to be done. And he can be handling that. It's been a, it's been a real it's relief. It's a good tag team. Yeah, tag team. It's been a really good relief for our family. Well, that's
0: wonderful because it segues right into my next <laughs> <Okay>. question. <laughs> and that is, you know, I, have I have here at All in One Security, my brother is the president of, of our company. I'm the CEO, and we have my nephew is the executive vice president. Now, family business does matter, mm-hmm. would you say? So in your particular situation, what are some of the things that you would caution us to stay away from <laughs> as, a fam- as spouses, uh, um, as it relates to business, and do you identify areas that are clearly areas to separate your business from your family?
2: Well, that's an interesting question.
1: I don't know if we do separate it. We, I mean, we've, we've been together for so many mm-hmm. years. We're, there are definitely things that he likes and, and, I, I, and I don't like or I like, he doesn't like. But we're also each other's best friends. And we enjoy being around each other for the most part.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That really helps a lot, believe me.
0: Now Um, in terms of um, the business, you guys are in business, it's your family, you're married. Do you have any concerns of legal ramifications as business partners?
1: um, Well, we are an LLC under Berkshire Hathaway.
2: Um, well, I think she's asking as far as legal ramifications between us. Which no. That no, I don't.
1: We don't. Well, that's we, wonderful. We have, I mean, we do you
2: have, have agreements?
0: Fortunate? Do you have agreements between the two of you, in addition
1: to your agreement with the organization you represent? No, we do not. And I, I totally get where some people would have that. You're also coming from two people that my parents have been married since 18 and 19, and are over 53 years. Your parents have been married since their mid-twenties and...
2: They've been, yeah. They're over some fifty years.
1: Yeah. So you we...
2: We've also want to say your parents have been very instrumental. They have been working together. Well, they worked together at a different, a whole different career. Uh, two before different this, careers. Two different careers before this. And then they were working together as a husband-wife team in real estate for... 17, 18 17 years. years.
1: So you've pretty much modeled
2: we their have, examples. Yeah, of their Yeah, Very much so.
1: Yeah. I well, send him I, away. I call <laughs> one of his best friends and go, You need to go get drinks tonight.
0: <laughs>
1: well, that's good.
0: It's refreshing, right? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to share for the sake of our listening audience, you guys are perfect example when it works. It, it, there, there are some bad cases, yes. Yeah, but there, and, and I happen to be the product of one <laughs> of those cases. And that's why I wanted to expose this question for our listening audience, mm-hmm. and especially the women business owners. We're so trusting, and we believe so many people at their word. Mm-hmm. And it would be great if it ends up that way. Yeah. It doesn't always. What I like to encourage is, regardless of who it is, be it my brother, my spouse, we still will have a working agreement between the two of us for this reason in the event something should happen and things do happen or if one of you wanted to sell the company and the other one didn't those could create some really serious Mm -hmm. uh side effects as to the flow and operation Mm -hmm. of the business when you're not in succinct and you don't have a uh, a document that could drive you to Um, whatever the end results are that you're expecting from that. So, number one for the listening audience, I do strongly encourage that you have an agreement between you and your partner. (laughs) Though it is a family member, it is still a business partner. And spell out what those expectations are. Do you own 51% of the business? Do you own 40% of the business? Make it clear. For me, I'm single, I have one child, but I have a large family, mm-hmm. and with that being my brother, he has a spouse and two children. So it could look differently at the end of mm-hmm. the day for what uh, uh, what matters in my family's business, as it would someone else's. And those are just some of the tips that I like to share: is to be open, be you know transparent, but yet I also advise because we we as women tend to let our guards down. In trusting and believing and we certainly do pray that in most cases we know what it is we're dealing with but in those cases when the cards may change yes you Actually, also have something that would protect you as well
2: in fact yeah just to clarify that you know kimry's folks let slip a few years ago they've been trying to get me to come in and join them for some time so this is not something we jumped into quickly we've been if we were to work together how would we and so it's something we've been fleshing out for a few years and so it's a fair point we have we have the articles of incorporation which do delineate who owns how much Um, we have though everything else has been more informal over the years where do we see this growing if we were to do this how would we operate so it has evolved But it's a fair point, yeah. Yeah, and and in addition to that,
0: in addition to that, I mean, you're not gonna work forever. At the closure, when you decide Mm -hmm. that you're not gonna do it anymore, then what? Is the succession plan Mm -hmm. of your business? Do you automatically expect that your children would inherit that and run it? Do you wanna grow it? Are you you running the business to grow it to scale? What are the expectations? And it's it's clear. Right. Within that operating yeah. agreement between the two of
1: you. And it is it is an interesting question since realtors are also very different than a and than a a corporate business. Understand. Because we are we are we are a group under Berkshire Hathaway and we're one of the few groups that have formed a corpor- a a company under that. Most are independent contractors. Even when you're working for a group, you're working as an individual. Understood. Yes. So um, even, I mean, uh, my mom, who is looking to retire in probably about a year, I would have to win her clients over. It wouldn't be a, here, I'm going to give you my clients. It would be, It would be. I've got to go and physically win them over. So um, there's a little bit of difference.
0: Yeah, and, and, and same with yeah. with my company, Mm -hmm. All-in-One Security, being the face of the business for so long, Mm -hmm. uh, it was very important that I took my brother by the hand and began introducing Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. within that circle before the transition took place because as I'm sure you hear all the time, we're buying you. Yeah, We're buying you. So if I enter into a contract with All-in-One Security, am I going to get Mm -hmm. Mary Parker? Well, the answer is always yes, because we've taken time to incorporate a lot of that experience of Mm -hmm. Mary Parker into our training so that it is continually evolving Mm -hmm. with our people. This has been a great conversation. (laughs) I've enjoyed you. And, Edward, next time I need a voiceover. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call on you for that. You have a terrific voice. Thank you. I love that. And I love your energy as well. Thank you. And so um, I just have one final question because I'm now entering into that field uh, or that investment side of Mm -hmm. buying and flipping real estate. Is there anything you'd like to offer or can you offer uh, in terms of how to do that? Is it best to start with one? Can I get five at a time? Give me a little information on that and I'm sure we've got some listeners who will benefit as well.
2: I don't know if there can be a single answer for all investors. Um, We work with folks who have tended to grow more organically. Uh, There's a couple we work with now that each of them had been in the business in some degree. Her father uh, owned buildings, his father was a contractor, so they grew up in the space, but even they start off doing a couple at a time and then have been expanding.
1: and we have, we have a few that um, uh, in the entertainment industry have found that oh. rentals have been very hard for the entertainment industry here because they're short term. And they have come in and bought houses, one or two, that's it. But they have them rented out for the next two or three years at three or four, four month intervals.
2: I think if state. you're going to get into it, you think about what is your competitive advantage. In one case, it's they have a history of it. Another, they are plugged into the rental sources, and it depends on you know what you're which going to bring you, to it.
1: Which way you want to go? Do you want to be a a uh, property owner that is getting the rentals every month and being responsible for utilities on houses and keeping the house up? Or do you want to be a builder and get land? Or do you just want to buy land?
0: Oh, that's very, very interesting. Thank you so very much. I'm going to stick with buying four houses, (laughs) excuse me, five houses, sell four, and rent one. (laughs) And then I'm going to be smart enough to hire a management company so that I don't become the landlord. Yeah, This has been great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And um, we're having a great time here on Facebook Live. And we also encourage you to listen to our podcast on Apple Play, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and and SoundCloud. So we're coming at you (laughs) from all angles. Thank you so very much. This is it for this session, but stay tuned. Subscribe to The Chick in Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chick in Charge.